Welcome to Screen Talk, New Wires Weekly Podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, joined as always by Ann Thompson, and we've got plenty to talk about awards related this week, which is an understatement for once. But uh, before we do that, I don't want to be glib about the fact that there is a very serious wartime situation developing in Ukraine. And, you know, as, as much as we can kind of get stuck in our bubble talking about movie business it is it does seem like there's something bigger going we have to at least acknowledge this is an incredibly unsettling time no matter where you are in the world and you know as much as uh, i think a lot of us feel compelled to follow this situation we can only begin to imagine what people are going through in that part of the world what's it been like for you um following this through the media that, that you've been looking at i'm um horrified of course i have an aunt who um volunteered um in her 70s uh to go to ukraine learn the language uh live there and she has lots of good friends there who are on the ground in kiev and so um uh, i'm really feeling for her and and her her friends uh who are right there on the ground there was that incredible video on cnn where this one um correspondent was just as the bombing was beginning uh, was putting his flak jacket on and his mm-hmm. helmet mm-hmm. um you know so there are real people uh in in danger right now and it's yeah. horrifying I was watching CNN with my wife late last night when all of this started. And of course it was early in the morning there. And you have to pull yourself out of this sense of seeing it in pure dramatic terms to understand the the real lives at risk because CNN itself, while CNN is doing an incredible job of mobilizing, falls into that same sort of danger, I think, of, of sort of, you know, trying to keep people watching. You know, you watch somebody on a rooftop just constantly gesturing to buildings and you don't really know what it is you're watching. Are you watching a bomb about to explode or, you know, they want to keep you engaged. But I think ultimately what some of this moment to moment reporting is missing out on is that this has been developing for a very long period of time. We've all been waiting for this shoe to drop for quite some time. Um, so, uh, so you and you ended up talking um, to uh, someone we know well, uh, Evgeny, uh, the filmmaker of Winter on Fire. Afghanistan. Yeah, Evgeny Afinevsky, who made Winter on Fire, was one of those one of the Netflix's earlier uh, Oscar nominees. Um, this was a, a documentary that he made about the Euromaidan protests in in Maiden Square in 2014, when at that point, Ukraine had this pro-Putin prime minister who wanted to prohibit Ukraine from joining the EU. And uh, they are currently trying, we'll see what happens, but but we're on track to to apply for a membership in 2024. And, And what you see in that documentary that I highly recommend people watch is just it's how great intense. documentary that's yeah, and, and the footage is really remarkable because you see how intensely the people were united against the idea of becoming a, a pro-putin regime be, be, being a part of putin's agenda and i don't know exactly how much of that is still viable right now but it it is encouraging and it's worth noting that i checked in with evgeny he reached out to people in ukraine the film is actually available on netflix in ukraine where Netflix launched last fall. So, so I think there's something significant about that, but also just the, the fact that that movie gives you a sense of just how intense it is to, to be on the ground in a situation like that. And that people really do put their lives on the line to protest is, is, is worth, uh, worth thinking about. 
It's also interesting that we end up um, turning to to television and also the horrifying truth of what uh, Fox News and Trump are doing with their side of of this story. Uh, Very, very disturbing that Murdoch is allowing this kind of shameless um, aggrandizing to take place. Yeah, propaganda exists in in that that country in this one. And, And I think, you know, people are wondering what they should be doing or they should be wondering about that. I mean, the first step is really to follow this information closely and try to understand it because on some level, it is a complex geopolitical set of circumstances that are easy to ignore because the moment-to-moment stuff doesn't capture the fact that there are two major separatist regions in Russia that were recognized as legitimate by Putin this week, and that basically opened his door to do this thing. But you know, he annexed Crimea in, in 2014, so... The, the timeline is really important to understand so you could see how these things have been mobilizing for some time. And hopefully this also has a long-term effect in terms of the way that we think about different kinds of overseas threats and, and how they can have long-term impact. But in the immediate future, I think it's just important for people to understand what's going on. Now, we could talk about the Oscars, but man, it, it sometimes feels weird to talk about the Oscars when really terrible stuff is going on in the world. No, it puts things in perspective. Uh, it definitely does. And we've been uh, riding a, a, a storm. Um, the, the, the Oscars are um, a global uh, entity, and, and there are all kinds of, as you know, there are all these different countries around the world that have their investment yeah. in, in the, the various uh, wins. And, and so uh, it, it is not a surprise. Uh, I, I reported uh, earlier that, that the likelihood was good that they were going to do something to, to try to get a commercial broadcast this year because of, of ABC's demands that they bring the ratings up. Um, and that's where their income comes from. And uh, that's why I'm actually being fairly pragmatic about this now a lot would say of people, contrarian given the discourse no, not at all i don't well, think let's so lay, let's lay out let's, let's lay, lay out, out, I'll lay it out. eight categories now this the last time this came up there were four categories and they were going to take them they're going to alternate them from year to year they weren't nailing down certain crafts the the way that the academy works is that there are 17 branches and there are three representatives of each branch elected by the branches to go to serve and represent their interests on the board so there's like more than there's like 53 people on the board and which is an unwieldy number of people. And they've tried to make the executive uh, committee more, you know, have more say over everything. But the truth is, is that if you're representing all of those crafts, it's very difficult to do what they did. They took eight of them and put them uh, uh, in, in an hour long pre-show at the actual uh, Hollywood and Highland Dolby Theater. And the people who are wandering down the red carpet leisurely, you and I have gone to this awards, the Academy Awards. You take your time, you rubberneck, you schmooze, you know, and then you hang out in the lobby and you drink champagne until the the show is about to begin. So are you that for me, that's like doing work. No, we're all, we're all, you know, hobnobbing and networking and, and grabbing the, the A-list while we've got the chance. And, and we, we, um, so a a lot of people are going to end up watching whatever that pre-show is, uh, with the eight awards being given out on the stage. So it looks the same and it, it feels the same. The thing that goes on though, Eric, 
is that uh, there's a, a host of people on film, Twitter, critics, and any number of people who are outraged outraged at the insane diss that that uh, the, the horrible um second tier status that is being given to these these craftspeople and i need to see how it plays out on the show well it's I it need is to sort see of a what we are going you know they're going to get their awards they're going to accept them they're going to have their speeches each and every one of them is going to but have I, but I think their acceptance the speech here, on the show it is worth noting that it's not Yes, this is, there's a film Twitter bubble problem when it comes to when it comes to conversations like this, but it's also it's the crafts people, the crafts community. Oh no, they're in, they're outraged because they do feel dissed, and I certainly have sympathy for them, and I understand why. But I do think this is one of those cases where you have to sacrifice a little bit in order to uh, save the the show. The right, show is They would say, "Why do we have to be the one sacrificed?" There's so much other stuff you could yank out of there to make this show. I mean, do, does ABC have but data? Who, which audience are we serving here? I mean, part of what we're, I think that the film critics, the film community, the people who care about these cine, the cinephiles who care about the art of film, who are the tiny core audience for the awards. This is not the audience that it, that needs to be served by the ABC Oscar telecast. Yeah, but if I mean, you do not want, ABC... Wait, Eric, please. If you do not want that Oscar telecast, if you want the version that's a BAFTA show or a Tony show, that's like this. It is a tiny show that doesn't generate much income and doesn't but, support those infrastructures right. that no, exist and I, today. And I, I get the argument you made, which is people have to be open to some difficult changes in that respect. I guess the question I, I would I would have is does ABC have data that say audiences tune out during crafts awards and they do why they definitely do because that that would that would support the argument uh, this, isn't, this, isn't, um, this isn't this isn't this isn't speculative they have sat down with the academy and they've gone over every minute of the broadcast over and so over again the cats, and so, they've so this shown them. Want exactly which categories people but, tune but, out. And but, the point is, is that if you're going to sell those ads that make millions of dollars for both ABC and the Academy, ABC pays license fees and the Academy gets the, the um, and then the, the ABC sells the ads. If right, they have 10 million people like watching, they don't get as much money for those ads right, as if so, they have 46 million people watching. But, but, but again, so, so David Rubin, the head of the Academy, his letter explaining these decisions didn't say, for example, these eight categories. What we see is as hard as it is to admit, these are the eight categories that we lose he viewers on. would never on. say that because but it I would mean, be an insult. But I mean, that if, if in fact that is really the situation, they're still including those categories. So it, it, it does feel like it's this weird sort of catch-22 where it's like- well, they need, they have a three-hour show. They want it to be three hours, but they don't want it to be too much longer than three hours. And they want to have- um, time to entertain the audience. They want time for the musical bits, the comedy bits, uh, you know, the, the in memoriam, uh, the, you know, there's all this stuff that they want to put in there. And if you're handing out 23 awards, it doesn't leave much room for anything else. Now, are you, do I want Jimmy Kimmel pizza, stupid stuff? No, I don't. But the other moments, like the one where the, uh, Alan DeGeneres took the selfie with everybody in the audience or time to have clips, time to have real clips that, that showcase the movies at hand. I think there's all sorts of ways to honor the, the movies that are nominated this year and that they can cut the part where the person in a suit that you've never heard of is walking up to the stage. 
That's what they're doing. They're I'm literally okay. cutting that part. Yeah, I know. And I, and I guess I, I have to play devil's advocate here on some level because I do, I, I do feel like it, it in the process of trying to make this better TV it's it also seems to be alienating people who are supposed to be honored and there must be a more diplomatic solution. That's to a whole other question, TV. Eric. But that's why How the Academy handles this, but they that's can't the win. Problem. They can't win though. A, the news, the news was, was leaked. It Here's the thing that makes me crazy. They had a zoom meeting, right. Where they had all the different heads of the crafts and they yeah. were, uh, were, going them were in, on, it, on the, yeah. One of those people is somebody who's buddies with Scott Feinberg at the Hollywood reporter. And every year this happens that now that we're in this digital universe where yeah. they're having these zooms and yeah. he, he calls up Feinberg and gives him everything that, that just happened. Feinberg writes it up. So they should have anticipated this yeah. since they did it last time. And, and, and Feinberg, so he got it. And then they quickly, they, they marshaled themselves and got the letter that he was sending out and they sent it to us 15, 20 minutes before uh, it was being sent to the membership. And we all hustled our way. You know, this is not how you handle PR. This is not how you manage this kind of news. Or, I mean, just in, on, on some level, I mean, just the, this particular decision probably should have been sorted out a long time ago. Tell me about it. And Along the with thing, the coasts. Kyle Buchanan is, is always arguing that they should have been, you know, figuring out that they needed, yeah, you know, they needed a different timeline. Someone okay. like, you know, someone like uh, Ryan Reynolds, wouldn't he be a great host if he had uh, been yeah, be lined up a year ago and say a whole like spot, social media company, basically, you know, the rock, company. you know, yeah. these are people who would do it, but if they're not available five, you know, if well, it's before, they have, uh, other kinds of contracts with different entities, uh, competition, they might be too expensive. There's so many different factors and it is easy to forget. Sometimes I think it's important for us to remind people like the Academy is this nonprofit. It's not this super powerful entity, but separate from that, I also think, you know, this whole conversation about why do people, why do people watch the Oscars? What would they tune in for? I think that goes to your point. They might tune in for a, a famous person who's very charismatic, I don't think they're really tuning in for speeches anyway. So cut this award, cut that award. I don't, I don't know how much any of that it really relates to, to there, rating. There's a, there's a couple of different things going on. One is the horse race, which, which a lot of people do track. A lot of Oscar watchers do track that. And I think that this is going to mess that up a little bit to have all those eight, you know, yep. right off the bat an hour be before, on the Twitter show. before the show. They're going to be tweeted out by the Academy before the show begins. And we're already going to be like, okay, we have these three right. of one. What does that June indicate and, about this? You know, whatever. And, yeah. Yeah. So, so I pointed out the, that the music uh, branch, you know, having the composer be one of the ones that was on the pre show that I thought was a mistake because those people are actually well-known. Those people are famous. Hans Zimmer is famous. And if he's going to win for Dune, wouldn't you want that? But of course that winning speech for Dune is going to be on the broadcast. So many people, Eric, are misrepresenting this as though these awards are being cut from the broadcast. They are not. 
well, they're on I mean, the broadcast. This has happened in other awards. Like the Spirit Awards did this a couple of years ago when they cut the documentary. I remember being at the show and someone was like, wait, what one documentary? Who wasn't there? And I was like, it just happened. Didn't you see him? They're like, no, and they didn't, they didn't include it. And then they did that. So there, there, there are precedents for this. They just haven't happened on this level. Well, the Critics' Choice Awards does it. And I'm horrified always by how they do it. And they don't tell yeah. people in ahead of time. You have somebody like, um, I forgot, I think it was Pedro Almodovar or there was some incredible, oh yeah, it was John Williams. Mm-hmm. He has schlepped to the Critics' Choice Awards for I think it must have been for for Lincoln or something, right. and 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 he and he they skipped his category, and he was sitting there, you know, feeling like an that idiot. That is so sad. So that is tacky. So this is not what's going on here. I feel for the crafts people. I I don't take it. I need to see how it, it it's the the devil is in the details and how they execute. If it's handled shoddily and it looks awful and everybody's been dissed. Mm-hmm. I'm as outraged as anyone else, but I want to let them have the opportunity to see if they can make it work. I would have done something. I would have figured out a way to bundle them or to do do it in a way. It's like, if you're going to, if, if there's going to be such an uproar around not having them live, do it, find that the, the half measure that's like, we're going to keep them live, but they're going to have to happen in, in sort of a lightning round or something to that effect. With, that would still allow them to have that because what what is more important here is it being on the stage trying to rush through your speech so you don't get played off or is it be just being included in the ceremony period you know i i don't know i just they're feel like they're included in the ceremony well that's they what are you're saying included but how? In the i don't know it's so easier for you to say you have to see it than for the I do. I know they're 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 can. feeling like they've been you know. I mean, I t- I talked to this costume designer who said you know, you know, <laughs> uh, we dodged a, a fucking bullet. So so they made some call that that the costumes are more accessible to a general yeah, audience than the production design is, or or the, the but you know, there's so many. They're going to still have the clips. They're still going to make a fuss. They're still going to announce the nominees. They're still going to give the award. They're just going to make it shorter. And I hope that it works. Okay. So in, in one thing that I think is really fascinating about this is, is going back to the point you were making before we often start to understand the state of things in real time, as these awards are announced, like when something wins best editing, you it's know, a sign. It, it's strong for best picture, right? But that's that's usually awesome. one of the first ones. Also. So the show starts and suddenly we might have a best picture for, and, and this year. It'll change I, the dynamic. It's so unpredictable this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what is the front runner for best picture right now? If you had to say. I've right been now. waiting for some other movie to catch up to the power of the dog. I've been wondering, you know, if this scenario was going to change. But the truth of the matter is that um, we at IndieWire have been figuring out like a a 3D chessboard, you know, how we're going to cover all the awards that have been pushed back into this uh, four-week time frame between now and the Oscars. And every weekend, there's double uh, awards every single night. And... um, and we're we're scrambling uh, to cover it, and it's gonna. This weekend we start with SAG and and the yep. scriptures, and then we move on to to uh, a long long list of you know CC, the Critics Choice Awards, the WGA, the DGA, the PGA. Um, you know, all of it is going to be unfolding. It's yeah. going to be that's what's going to tell us 
Yeah, and but it's but it is really hard. I mean, Power of the Dog obviously it's had a really robust campaign for a while, but we've talked about this so many times. And then you have that whole argument about Don't Look Up being a really popular Academy movie, or is there a I don't know. Is there but a not Belfast? A, but not so serious, right? But Belfast <laughs> is really strong in a lot of categories. I mean, it, it, uh, Belfast, Belfast. I have a hunch that Belfast. A lot of people love Belfast, and it makes them cry. And it, and it, it has that. We've talked about this. You know, it has that feeling of a family under duress. Um, you know, uh, trying to survive, which people can relate to. Um, I just have a hunch that there's this very intense um, original screenplay category with PTA versus Brana, and and we'll see which one of the long overdue uh, veterans actually wins that award. Um, the other thing is like Belfast is not with like a, a doesn't feel. I mean, let's be honest, it doesn't feel like a heavy hitter hitter best picture compared to some of the other films here. Power of the Dog though is a very dark movie that I know is challenging for some people. The comparison I, I've been making is to The Shape of Water. It's one of those um, films that ends up being about uh, the best made movie, the most beautifully executed movie. And, and of course and the director is- is, is the, With, a, with Jane Campion, it. front runner for director, possibly for, for adapted screenplay, although I think she has competition there um, as well. And then, and then you have, uh, um, but if it, let's just say that, that Belfast doesn't win anything else. I don't think it's going to win the crafts. I don't think it's going to win any of those things. It could be that original screenplay is the only thing that it, it can win. Or, oh, I and see. So, I and so it gets oh. that one thing. And I think there are a couple of movies like that where King Richard may not win anything except best actor. Even though Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch deserves it. to, you know, totally deserves it. And, but Power of the Dog is going to win so many different things that they could say, go ahead and give it to, to Will Smith in that category. Um, and well, then, it's certainly true that Netflix has never been closer to Best Picture than it is now, which is a big deal. I mean, not like we need to talk about every distributor like that, but this particular company has really they, there are people who still year. try to argue that that they have a negative against them and and but i don't know um if people are voting against power of the dog because it's a netflix film i would like not to think so yeah i mean that certainly this time around we've been through this so many times but it, in this particular context it would be weird to knock it because it's not like and a lot of these. Why should she? Why should Campion be punished? Well, but also the theatrical thing that comes up all the time. It's like it's not like a lot of these movies have been huge theatrical no. either. No. Dune no. was a day and date release, basically. I mean, more lives a couple of weeks. But although you know, it did very well in theaters, so it it's considered well. it's considered a theatrical hit, uh, which is to its credit. Um, no, I, I, it's going to be so. We're going to find out where the momentum is is going and where the support uh, lies as we go as we go forward. Um, so I guess um, it's worth also pointing out that we got another Netflix story this week uh, related to Can, which we certainly talked to death many times over on this podcast and, and in our coverage in other ways. And, and Netflix has has confirmed to various sources that they will not be back uh, to Can this year, whether that's in competition or out of competition. There was speculation about 
Andrew Dominic's Marilyn Monroe biopic uh, Blonde, which Anna de Armas uh, stars in going, and, and they've said that's not happening. The which is going to be was, X-rated or something, right? Yeah, I mean, the, this movie, this project has been around for a while. There was speculation about it going to Cannes last year, and, and it didn't go. I, I had heard that there was some uh, interest from Cannes at that time, but that Netflix wasn't quite ready with the film. I would, I would sense that, you know, a lot of times these conversations... They, they're not really looking at the specifics. It doesn't seem like a movie that Netflix would necessarily want that can for certain reasons. And but I if would they think, did and Dominic was the director, they would want it to be in competition. Yes. Yes. And so the argument from the can side is, oh, come on, Netflix, put your movies out of competition like Spike did and we'll yeah. run it. And and Netflix is keeping last year and this year, they had directors with big names and they could afford to go to Venice instead. And they they did well at Venice with Lost Daughter and yeah. Power of the Dog. Now, it's worth noting what's changed since then, which is that very recently, the theatrical window in France went from three years, which Netflix was never going to play ball with, <laughs> to 15 months, which they still are seem not super keen on. No. But it's, it's progress. It's closer. So you would but it think didn't change the, it didn't work. change the ultimate dynamic between Canada and Netflix. Not yet. It's still the same thing. It, you have to be in theaters in order to play in competition. Yeah, but I do think that this, overall these are positive developments on both sides of the equation. Certainly in France, which it, it's issues with streaming versus theatrical go beyond the can question. That shrinking that window is important. It's good that they're making progress on that front. They also made an agreement with Netflix that four uh, percent of its annual net revenue in France would go to French and European productions, which I think is a fascinating. I mean, imagine. Netflix doing making no, it's important. Like it's that. really you important that, that they become part the of the system. Absolutely. Exactly. So it's all moving in a positive direction. I think that's super constructive. And the moment that they arrive at Cannes and we go to that screening, everyone's gonna make a big fuss about it. And well, so, let's 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 call it. We're definitely going to Cannes this year. Can't wait. We got our apartment booked, and um, you know, it's. Uh, I had such a good time last we year. We did it last year. You know. Yeah. It, it felt right in July, and I, it feels even more right now. And the we're, we're starting to get a better sense of the kind of broad scope of international films that that might show up there. But I mean, there's just no oh, in the world. And like it could it. be the beginning of of next year's Oscar race. So you you looked into how the festivals actually supported. Yeah the contenders for the Oscar this year. And it's, it's especially during the pandemic, I think the festivals had an enormous yep. role as a launch pad for, well, for a lot of different movies this it, year. And from, from worst person in the world to flee to any number. Drive my car, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, it, it's worth comparing, uh, 2020, uh, the, the last two years of Oscars, that was what was really illuminating to me. And I looked at a story you had done about that, you know, Sundance had, for best picture Sundance happened in 2020 before the pandemic and we didn't have can't we didn't have all these other festivals. the fall festivals were kind of screwed up except for Venice which launched Nomadland so you could really specifically see in the best picture that in-person festivals still had an impact and the others didn't and so now we see it spread out there's one Sundance nominee with Coda 
one can nominee would drive my car and then a smattering of like New York, Venice. There's some docs in there that were yeah. at Sundance. Oh yeah, of course. Well. Lee, yeah. Which was a Sundance premiere, but was originally part of the can selection. So yeah, I mean, look, festivals are a, a bubble, but it's it's pretty clear in the, the this is like very obvious evidence of, of how, what a pipeline they are. So totally. oh yeah, bring on can. And um, I guess I have to let you go because you've got to see- I'm some- going to see the Batman, which you've seen already. You've yeah, seen man. already, but- I'm heading uh, heading for the AMC IMAX theater, and I'm excited. Buckle in. It's a long one, but I can't wait to unpack it with you next weekend. You got it, Eric. Bye-bye. Bye.